Well, good evening, Gateway family. I'm so glad we get to gather together on this Good Friday as we think about the Easter weekend and we think about what Christ did so we could have the forgiveness of our sins. I'm so grateful that we're able to gather together and here tonight, and if some of you are joining online as well, and we're thankful that we get to gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ to reflect on this Good Friday. Tonight, our hope in the service is that it'll be a time of reflection for us as we do scripture readings, as we do prayers, as we have times of reflection, as we look at God's word, and then as we celebrate communion at the end, that we will have an opportunity to remember the incredible sacrifice that Christ paid, that we might be adopted sons and daughters of God. And we pray this will be just a sweet time for us of reflection on this very special day. CJ, our associate pastor, is going to come and read to us from God's word what happened on Good Friday, just to set our minds on this as we prepare for the evening. CJ, come on. I'd like you to stand in the honor of reading God's word as we prepare our hearts to worship him this evening. This is from Luke chapter 23, verses 33 through 49. Let's just focus in and receive this word this evening. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by looking on, and even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him sour wine, and saying, If you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him that read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour, because the sun was obscured and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had happened, he began praising God and saying, Certainly this was an innocent man. And all the crowds who came together for this spectacle, when they observed what had happened, began to return, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who accompanied him from Galilee were standing at a distance, seeing these things. Let's worship our king this morning. Sing, Savior, I come. Savior, I come, quiet my soul, remember, redemption's here, where your blood was spilled, for my Everything I once held dear, I count it all. 
the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to got done singing that song, Lead Us to the Cross. May that just be our prayer tonight as we just reflect on the cross and what was done so many years ago when Christ came for our redemption and died on that cross. As we get ready to sing this song, how deep the Father's love for us. And just think about your sin 
as I think about my sin, and it was our sin that held Christ on that cross. It was our sin that even required and needed a cross. But God made a way for us, amen? Through his love for us, he sent his son to be sin on our behalf, to be the perfect spotless lamb, to die on our behalf. So as we get ready to sing this song, just reflect on these lyrics in light of that.
Just continue in a heart of worship. I'm going to just ask you to close your eyes and focus on these words. Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of a parched ground. He has no stately form of majesty or that we should look upon him nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him and by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who consider that he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Continue to worship the Lord. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came who in sinners to Yeah. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 24. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you also an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return while suffering. He uttered no threats kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously and 
he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, you were healed. You would just bow your heads. I'm going to pray over us as Puritan prayer. This would be our heart tonight, crying out to the Lord. Oh, Father, enlarge my heart, warm my affections, open my lips, supply words that proclaim love lusters at Calvary. Their grace removes my burdens and heaps them on thy son, made a transgressor, a curse and sin for me. There the sword of thy justice smote the man, thy fellow. There thy infinite attributes were magnified, an infinite atonement was made. Their infinite punishment was due, an infinite punishment was endured. Christ was all anguish that I might be all joy, cast off that I might be brought in. He was trodden down as an enemy that I might be welcomed as a friend. Surrendered to hell's worst, that I might attain heaven's best. Stripped, that I might be clothed. Wounded, that I might be healed. A thirst, that I might drink. Tormented, that I might be comforted. He was made a shame, that I might inherit glory. And entered into darkness, that I might have eternal light. My Savior wept all the tears that might be wiped from my eyes. He groaned that I might have endless song. He endured all pain that I might have unfading health. Bore a thorny crown that I might have a glory diadem. Bowed his head that I might uplift mine. Experienced reproach that I might receive welcome. Closed his eyes in death that I might gaze on unclouded brightness. Expired that I might forever live. O oh, Father, who spared not thine only son that thou mightest spare me. All this transfer thy love designed and accomplished. Help me to adore thee by lips and life. Oh, that my every breath might be ecstatic praise. My every step buoyant with delight as I see my enemies crushed, Satan baffled, defeated, destroyed, sin buried in the ocean of reconciling blood, hell's gates closed and heaven's portal open. Go forth, O conquering God and show me the cross, mighty to subdue, comfort, and save. Amen. Sing this together in Christ alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found.
be seated. Well, friends, as we think about what we're celebrating on Good Friday, the occurrence that we're celebrating here did not begin with Judas's betrayal, did not begin with the events of this week, it didn't even begin back to what we celebrate at Christmas. We need to think back to before God even created the world. Last Sunday morning, CJ showed us from Genesis 1 how God made us in his own image, but he made us in an image knowing that we would disobey, knowing that we would sin, knowing that we would rebel against him. And so before he even made the world, before he even made us, God already had a plan to rescue us from our sins. He already had a plan to show the fullness of who he is. 
Because God's plan to rescue you and me from our sins was a plan that showed the totality of his attributes. It showed who he was. Because in the cross and what we celebrate tonight in the death of Christ, we see God being both just and merciful. We see there God being both holy and forgiving. We see God being righteous and also gracious. We see him being wrathful and loving. What we're celebrating here on Good Friday is really the culmination of all of God's character on display. Because there on the cross, as Jesus has died, we see a God who is so holy that he has to punish sin. He can't wink at it. He can't overlook it. Every sin has to be punished. We see God who's so just, who does bring about justice against sin. But yet we see a God of infinite wisdom and infinite love who found a way to still punish every sin so he's still holy and just. But by doing so, by taking on the sin debt himself, taking on the punishment himself. And to accomplish that end, he, he, God the Son, Christ himself, the eternal second person of the Godhead, who always existed, came to this earth in human flesh. In the words of Scripture, he humbled himself. In Philippians chapter 2, we're told to have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, that though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking a, the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. When we think about what we celebrate at Christmas, that Christ was born into a human body. And as God, he himself walked on this earth. He never once sinned. He was able to be a perfect sacrifice because he perfectly fulfilled and he perfectly obeyed the law that you and I break day after day after day. He never once broke. And on that, what we celebrate on Good Friday, he allowed the people he created to strip him, to beat him, to mock him, to put nails through his wrist and through his feet, to hang him on that cruel Roman cross, and the worst form of execution ever imagined by sinful man. And excruciating pain far worse than anything we will ever experience. In Philippians chapter 2, it goes on in verse 8. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Because Christ was obedient to the plan of God the Father, the plan of the triune God that they set before they even made the world, the plan for him to die so that we could be rescued. And through Christ's enormous sacrifice and cost, we now are the recipients of God's mercy. That we are not treated as our sins deserve, because our sins have already been paid for by Christ. Because of the sacrifice, we're the recipients of God's grace. That we get what we do not deserve, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And grace upon grace, because when the Father looks at us, he doesn't see us in our sin. He doesn't just see us forgiven. He sees the righteousness of Christ. That through his sacrifice has been credited to you and to me if we're in Christ. And there we see his love. Realizing that the sovereign creator who could have justly condemned us to hell instead set his affections on us and made a way for us to be ransomed and redeemed to him. So what we celebrate, friends, this Good Friday is something that is good. There's much pain and much sacrifice. We look to Christ. But it's good because there on the cross, God's glory was on display. It was good because God glorified himself in what he did on the cross and showing us his attributes. But it's good because we receive something that we do not deserve and we could never, ever earn. So this evening, we pause to remember Christ's sacrifice. We pause to remember what Christ did for us so that we could be sons and daughters of God. What Christ did to bring glory to the Father. Friends, we're going to celebrate that in just a moment with communion. Because on the night before Jesus submitted himself to death, he celebrated a meal with his disciples. It was a meal that the Jewish people celebrated called the Passover. It was a particular meal where people remembered their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. If you think back to the Old Testament, when God's people were slaves in Egypt, God had a rescue plan for them. But it took 
God sending death throughout the land to where the firstborn of every house would die unless that household would sacrifice an innocent lamb and put the blood on the doorpost of their house. And that night, the death would pass over and the person would be saved. Through that final plague, God's people were rescued and they were to celebrate each year the Passover. Remember that when God rescued them from slavery through the death of the lamb. Now, Jesus took this celebration that was happening on that Thursday, and he applied it to himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want you to hear what Paul describes and what Christ said in 1 Corinthians 11. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he, Jesus, took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In just a moment, we're going to do exactly what Christ told us to do, to remember his sacrifice. Because friends, in the busyness of our lives, we can so quickly lose sight of how we are sons and daughters of God, how we've been adopted into his family, of how we can experience grace among us. We can lose so quickly the wonder and the awe of the fact that we belong to God in communion, the Lord's Supper, brings us back a place with this very visible, powerful symbol to remind us of what it took for us to be children of God. And just remember, we're going to take the bread to remind us that Jesus' body was tortured and broken as he bore the penalty for every sinful thought and word and deed you and I committed. We're going to take the juice in just a minute to remind us that without Jesus' blood being spilled, there would be no forgiveness of sins. Hebrews chapter 9, 22 tells us very clearly, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Friends, as such, what we're about to do is only for followers of Jesus. It goes on in 1 Corinthians 11 to give us a strong warning here. It says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Therefore, we have some instruction here, let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. So friends, if you're here with us in person, or if you're watching online, and you're not sure that you belong to God, you're not sure that your sins are really forgiven, we just encourage you to wait during this time. Use this time to reflect and to even pray and say, God, I'm not even sure I belong to you. Would you reveal yourself to me? Would you show yourself to me? And to ask God to draw your hearts to you, to him. But friends, if you know Christ, if you know that your sins are forgiven, not because of anything you did, but because of what Christ did for you, if you know beyond a shadow of doubt that you belong to God through what we're celebrating tonight, we just sung in Christ alone, that that is your hope because you know he has reached out to you and rescued you and forgiven you your sins and blessed you and that you now are a child of God. If that is you, friends, we want to encourage you to take of the juice and to take of the bread and to remember and to reflect and to worship God who he is. You'll find under the seat in front of you a communion cup. It has the bread on the top and it has the juice below it. If you didn't see those, there's some all around. There's also trays in the back and over here on the baptistry ledge as well. And we're going to take just a minute to pause and reflect before we receive the elements. Justin's going to play quietly for just a minute. I want you to take a moment where you are just to pray and to remember and reflect on the sacrifice Christ made for the forgiveness of your sins. And as you take time to reflect, there's no rush Whenever you're ready, you're welcome to take it. But take a few minutes just to worship the Lord where you are. And Justin's going to sing a communion hymn for us. A chance for us to sit where we are quietly, just to listen and think about the words that we're hearing. So continue to worship the Lord 
as we think about the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And after he does that, we're going to stand and sing as we close together, Jesus, thank you. We end tonight with that proclamation together as God's children together, thanking Jesus for what he did that we could belong to God. So let me pray on our behalf, and I want you to take a few minutes to reflect and pray, and then whenever you're ready to take the elements. Father God, we are so thankful as we come to this Good Friday service to think of your incredible sovereign plan. God, you did not have to make us. And when we fell, you did not have to redeem us. You did not need us. You didn't make us because you were lonely. You didn't make us because you needed anything. God, you need absolutely nothing. You are all-powerful and all-wise, and for all eternity, you've always been a triune God. But in your infinite plan, you created humanity. And you create a redemption plan for us as your people. And God, it just boggles our mind to think that you looked upon us, you looked upon me, you looked upon each of these brothers and sisters, and you saw us shaking our fist at you because we were living our lives our own way for our own pleasures or our own self. And you could have easily and justly and in a good way still condemned us for that. But instead, you redeemed us and you turned our hearts to you. Lord, I pray that tonight as we think about what we've sung and the scriptures that have been read and the prayers that have been prayed, Lord, that you would reawaken our heart's desires to want to know more of you. That you would reawaken us a sense of awe at the incredible sacrifice that Christ made for the forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, we just ask and we confess, Lord, we lose sight of that all too often. And we confess we so easily go through our days and our lives and totally oblivious to what you have done for us our salvation, to the mercy and grace we have received, that grace upon grace, that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place you keep pouring out on us. So we just pause as your people and say, Lord, reawaken in our heart an awareness of what you've done for us. Reawaken in our hearts a greater sense of awe for who you are. And Lord, reawaken us a desire to know more of you, the sovereign, all-powerful God, who found a way without compromising your justice to still forgive us of our sins. Lord, we worship you and thank you. We do so now through this celebration of communion, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You have canceled my transgression, Jesus, by your precious blood may I find therein salvation happiness and peace with God and since you for sinners suffering on the cross was made an offering from all sin deliver me that I wholly yours may be all the pain you have endured all your and feet when nails to board the reproach which 
Feel free to stand as we get ready to sing this last song.
Father, thank you for the opportunity to make that declaration of what we believe and to say with those simple words in unison together as your people, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were obedient to the point of death to make a way for us to be reconciled to you. Thank you seems so inadequate. We don't have anything else to say except for thank you. Lord, I pray that what we have just proclaimed that, Lord, I want to live for you would be our heart's desire. So Holy Spirit, not just tonight as we work out together, but throughout the rest of this weekend and the days to come, would you so fill us that our heart's desires are that we want to know you more, oh Lord, and that we want to live for you. And we will give you the praise for it all. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Look forward to celebrating with you Sunday morning.